All right. Well, sorry about that. I had a little problem. Real talk, real people, real conversation with Charmaine Holland. Join me every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Remember, this is an open mic where you can call and join in by speaking to the guest or myself by dialing 646-668-8485. You can follow me on any social media platform with hashtag Charmaine Holland and follow PJC Media on podcasts um, anywhere around the world. So today we have our topic is going to be what does mental health look like, and we have a beautiful sister named Sister Aisha, and she is going to be um, talking about mental health and what a mother um, experienced. She had to deal with two mother. I mean, I'm sorry. She had to deal with two children who had to deal with mental health. And so before we bring her on, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Well-being. Um, it also affects how we think, 
um, our well-being and how it affects our thinking, how we feel, how we act, as well as our our mood, our mood and behavior. And um, it, and it depends on how long lasting it affects and how we function can become a severe factor where we might have to get medical treatment or a health provider have to diagnose, diagnose us with assessment treatment. And, you know, just to share a little bit, you know, as a chaplain that goes into the prison, you know, I experience a lot of women who are dealing with mental health. And it's really serious that we need to bring awareness among our families so we can identify the signs and our loved ones so we can help others. So right now I'm going to bring Aisha Hassan on, and, and we're going to have a conversation. And you can always dial six. You can always call in on the telephone number, which is six, uh, six, six, I'm sorry, 646-668-8485. You can always um, chime in the conversation, ask myself or the guest a question. So let's bring in Aisha Hassan. How you doing? Like How you doing? Like my slum. I'm doing fine. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks. Yes, I can hear you very well. Can you hear me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on live to talk about mental health and just to enlighten us on the experience of what you had to go through as a mother dealing with two children of mental health. You know, um, mm-hmm. so ask your question. You know, um, is there anything you'd like to share before I ask you a question? No. I, I, I okay, like all right. I lost two children due to mental health. I had five daughters, and I believe, um, <laughs> I'm going to just say this, I believe all five of them are struggling with some mental health issues. But, but not to the degree of those two. So that's all I wanted to share. Oh. Okay, okay. Thank you for sharing that. You had, and I didn't know you had mm-hmm. five five daughters. Well, wow. Okay, so ask your question. So are there early are there early? Okay, I'm sorry. No, you no. Say something. Oh, okay. Are, no. Okay, so are there were, were there any warning signs that you've seen in the beginning to identify that they had some issues? Health issues? Not, not one initially early. Like I'm talking about elementary, probably by middle school. I noticed one had some. So no, only one I noticed um, that they had some. Okay, so okay, so, so you noticed during middle. Yes, I noticed during middle school, and later on, the rest of them told me that they were struggling with some things. Okay. Okay. And that's good that they came to you and confined you, combined with you some issues that they was having. Would you like to share, like, some of the, the, some of the stuff that they kind of came to you and was telling you that they were struggling with? Well, let me, let me go back because I kind of missed something. When you say did I see warning signs, um, like I said, the one in middle school, who's no longer here, I noticed some things was going on with her in middle school. Um, And I did notice um, another daughter, she's still here, she's graduated college, still among us, but she, I noticed some cutting with her. I didn't know what that was about, though. I I noticed cutting. 
um, with her. I didn't know that was mental health back then. I didn't, I didn't know what it was. But um, what I want to share is when you see behaviors, and it may be unfamiliar to you like the cutting, bulimia, anorexia, none of mine had anorexia, but definitely bulimia, um, cutting. Um, those are the only two I noticed. Cutting with one of my daughters, real, it's probably in middle school, um, and, and bulimia in middle school I noticed. And I did um, approach them, and I did ask mm-hmm. them what was happening, what's going on here, you know, and, and um, uh, the 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 cutting. I, I remember my daughter that was cutting. Uh, she she was on the side of the counter one day, and besides cutting, she would just squeeze herself, like just grab her hand and put a lot of pressure into it. And I I, I remember saying, "What's wrong with you? Why are you doing that?" And she said, mm-hmm. "I just want you to stop." I say, "Stop what? I don't I don't want you to talk." because I was kind of sharing something with her about what she should be doing, and she just didn't mm-hmm. want me to say anything. And and uh, and that was her way of tuning me out, you know. And I, I still mm-hmm. didn't understand it then. Cause this, I'm talking about this was back in the 90s. I, I had no clue about uh-huh. cutting then, none. Okay, and, and that was the first child that you noticed the signs when you were looking, you know, like when we're talking about looking, looking for signs, was that one of them that you noticed was the cutting? That was the first child in middle school? Right. Okay. And what age would you, what age was that when she started going to middle mm-hmm. school, right after elementary? Mm, I'm going to say she had to be about in the eighth grade and I saw I saw her leg was bleeding. I said, why is your leg bleeding? She said, oh, I was shaving because they shaved. And later uh-huh. on, I put it together because I, I really thought she cut herself shaving. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't understand, you know, that cutting was an attempt, um, you know, to interrupt, you know, your emotions and the pressure, mm-hmm. you know, that they couldn't tolerate. I didn't know what cutting was. But I... I, huh. I, 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 I Go. I'm oh, no, 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 no. I was just saying interesting. Go ahead. No, please continue. Okay, so I, I didn't know what that was back then in the 90s. I, I just couldn't, I didn't, I just didn't understand it, but I would watch them. So then I would slowly mm-hmm. start putting things together. And the same one that the very first one that started the cutting, I noticed her wrist one day. And I saw some scratches and I said, by this time, she was in, 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 she had graduated high school, going to college, and I said, what, what is that on your wrist? And she told mm-hmm. me she was trying to climb a gate. It was a barbed wire gate in our backyard. She said, oh, I cut myself on that, but I, I was like, nah. I said, you, you, I say, no. I say, are you trying, have you tried to kill yourself or something? Have you tried? And she said, no. And I said, well, you know. Mm-hmm. I said, and I actually said this back then. I said, you know, as a Muslim, because I didn't know about mental health. I'm thinking a sane person. I said, as a Muslim, mm-hmm. you, you can't kill yourself. I said, you'll go straight to hell. And she looked at me, 
and I never had a problem with her after that. Never. Really? Never. She, she went this on. Is, this, this never like had a problem. Wow. With her never. Wow. Um, but she, but she, so, so, so that her, means that her, she, she was, go ahead, no, sorry. No, 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 I was, so I was just saying, it was just, it was, it was just interesting how consciously that she listened to you and that hit her so hard where she stopped. You know, she was so much God conscious where when you said that, that's a place that she did not want to go, not knowing that she probably didn't even have the full understanding of hell, but that was something that stopped it. That is, that's good. Is she still alive? Oh, is yeah. still living? She still, she just... She just graduated college with a degree. She, she she had graduated college already with a cosmetology degree, but then later she went back and got a degree to do early childhood education, and she just graduated about two months ago. But I also believe this. When I look at them, I, she, when I look at her and I look at the other two, they were – it was something going on with them, the sickness, meaning this, meaning that. Later on, the other two were diagnosed with being bipolar and different things. This one was never diagnosed with that. So she, didn't, she, she may start cutting, but her, her mental health uh, was not as severe, meaning that when people have mental health issues, it's like when 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 we doing something ourselves, but people with mental health issues, somebody is talking to them inside their head, and okay. and it's constant talk. And I'm not talking schizophrenic. I'm talking about you know they're being challenged by themselves, by themselves, mm-hmm. their own thoughts. They kind of mm-hmm. you know. And you know they'll tell themselves they can't do this, they can't do this. They don't, they don't do a lot of positive talking to try to overcome those things. Um, okay. It's, it's like when they put, you know, if they put them on some type of medication, you know, that's why a lot mm-hmm. of them commit suicide on medication. Because if I'm on medication and it, and I get thoughts, I can talk myself out of that. Mm-hmm. A, a, a person with severe so health issues sometimes cannot talk themselves out of that because that's where they want to be anyway. And got inside it, of their it. head, it's telling them to do this. That's what okay. I so learned with was, my daughter. Okay, okay. Well, that's good to share. So that was a lot of self-doubt that they had going on and a lot of negative that they that 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 was mm-hmm. in their head, that thoughts, you know, and they couldn't come out of it, you know. And like you said, some of us as adults, you know, we can sit there and have a conversation with something with somebody, and we get self-doubt. We start to think negative or start to think, you know, envy of somebody or whatever. So I, told, I totally understand that for them to be so young, I can understand that. So um, just one more question before we go on um, a break. So at, at, at any, at, for the one that was doing the cutting, did you happen to seek any help or just by you just talking to her that kind of stopped? No, the very first one that did the cutting, never never did I talk to her after I saw those cuts and I talked about suicide. Never. Okay. So when the other ones, when it, when it started happening with the other ones, I, you just, I just immediately thought the same go follow suit. I just, I didn't okay. look at it as being severe, you know. 
it, it just something it was it was but I did I did get on it but I still didn't think it was gonna lead to anything. Okay, okay. Well thank you for that question. Right now we have to take a short break and we'll be right back, okay? Hold on. Okay. gain visibility for your books, then Authorshout.com is the place to go. We have a wide variety of affordable products and services to include a member zone that will help you get the word out about your books. Our team here at Authorshout.com specializes in creating stunning digital products to include book banners, teaser videos, book trailers, book covers, and a whole lot more. So what are you waiting for? Stop by authorshout.com today and let our team connect you with a world of new readers. As an author, you understand the devastation of someone plagiarizing your work. But what if someone stole your identity? Protect yourself and your family with identity theft protection. Services include credit monitoring, credit reports and scores from all three credit bureaus, social security number, emails, credit cards, bank account monitoring, and social media monitoring from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. For more information, call 248-525-7680. Welcome back to Real Talk, Real People, Real Conversation with Charmaine. Today's topic is what does mental health look like? We have a beautiful mother. Her name is Aisha Hassan, and we're talking about mental health. Um, she had two daughters that passed due to mental health. I can't hear you, but I know you're there. I don't know what happened. Hmm. Are you an indie author looking to create audiobooks listeners will love? At the Audio Flow, we handle the entire process, from casting the perfect voice to distribution. Contact us today at 317-927-8770. The Audio Flow, a new way to do audio. Question. If you write a book, everybody will rush out to buy it. Obvious answer, no. If you were a celebrity or if you had a huge marketing budget, then maybe you can get a lot of exposure for your book. Another solution would be to check out joeytweets.com. joeytweets.com is a promotion and marketing service with access to over one-third of a million followers on Twitter. joeytweets.com has three packages available to fit any budget. That's J-O-E-Y-T-W-E-E-T-S.com. joeytweets.com. Get some serious exposure for your books. Welcome back. Sorry about the technical issues. I hope you can hear me. This is Real Talk, Real People, Real Conversation with Charmaine. Today's topic is what does mental health look like? We have a mother. Her name is is Aisha Hassan, who have lost two of her daughters to mental health. 
So she's here to enlighten us and share of what it looks like, what does mental health look like. So before I bring her on, just want to let you know that this is an open discussion where you can join in and speak to the guest or myself with a question or a comment. You can call 646-668-8485. So I'm going to bring our guest back on, Aisha. I'm here. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Okay, thank okay, thank you very much. Thank you again for holding Aisha and again thank you for being here and sharing your story, your journey with us so we can be a little bit enlightened on mental health. So you talked about your first daughter and so what about your the your second daughter that um about mental health? Can you share a little bit about her age? How how old was she before you noticed the signs of mental health? So what kind of signs did you notice? And, and, and see, that's, I want to comment on you when you say what does mental health look like? It looks normal. It looks happy. It looks celebrated. It, you know, mental health um, is it, it, not, it, not easily recognized, you know, because, okay, you know, it, I mean, when you, when you see people, when you see them, uh-huh. you, don't, you don't realize that these people are struggling. But the second daughter uh the one that had the that started the cutting and had the bulimia and was diagnosed with stuff later um she was in a she was probably in the i'm gonna say the eighth grade me and her father um were divorcing at this time we had been married twenty years, but her best friend had moved away, and I think that's what sort of triggered her 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 situation and then my divorce compounded it. So um, I, I didn't even know that was happening. I didn't even know she was cutting. I didn't know none of this was happening until one day uh, the police came to my house and they kind of searched my house because uh, someone that had was staying there before had a warrant out for their arrest and, and they were allowed up here where I live to come in and search your house. And when the police left, I, he said, wow, uh, I, I don't know if he was talking to me or the cop, but he said something to the effect of, well, I think that one back there is drinking. And so, <laughs> I, and my daughter was in middle school, and I know they were not on drugs or anything or drinking, so I went to her room, and there was nothing in her room. And I had bought furniture, beds, dressers, everything. For every, and there was nothing in her room but nothing, but probably towels on the floor where she had been throwing up so she don't have to come to the bathroom and run water and nobody. And it, the, it was a foul smell in there. And I was like, oh, my God. I said, what are you, what, when did you get rid of your furniture? I just almost lost my mind. Like, what's going on here? And then that's when my other daughter who knew, she shared with me, this is what's happening. I said, well, why y'all know? You know, because I'm out working, like, you didn't get rid of everything in your room except for something to throw up on. We had a conversation. I told her she had to go see somebody. She told me she was not going to see anyone at all, and I was not going to force her. So, of course, I didn't force her to go anywhere because I couldn't. She, unless I would have dragged her, I, I just couldn't. Anyway, it didn't happen then. It happened when she, when she was about 14 when she got 16, she said, Mommy, I want to go see somebody. And I took her to see somebody mm. and diagnosed her with a, a slew of things. You know, and they father okay. suffer from depression. So, but, um, okay, okay. 
Huh. So so it was the eighth grade when she started. So it was probably about the age of fourteen. So she kind of dealt with that alone. Well, you know, just among the family from the age of fourteen to sixteen before she decided that she wanted some help. Right. She shared her sister knew. Like she was real close to one to 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 her to one of my other daughters. Like this was the baby daughter I'm talking about. She was real close to the daughter that's above her. So she knew. She knew everything. Okay, okay. And it's interesting that you shared that you believe that the trigger for her because her one of her best friends moved, so the loss of 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 leaving her friend or her friend is leaving to another state or a town, it mm-hmm. kind of devastated her. And it triggered the mental health, whatever. that Something has to trigger it. That's what triggers mm-hmm. it. Uh, and, 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 and she it, was good because, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm saying she was good before that because I had married somebody else. We was always interacting. We was taking her. It, it, it was just no signs. I, she wore short sleeve stuff, so it, there was no cutting uh-huh. in. She was good then, before that, before anything okay. happened. Okay. Well, 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 you know, I, I appreciate you sharing because you know how you have a best friend, and I mean, no, I mean, I don't know what age where her and their friend grew up. Like, did they go through elementary school and middle school, and then all of a sudden, you know, some some years in middle school she left, so she didn't know how to deal with her friend leaving, so she didn't know how to cope with that, where it ended up triggering something. Would you say that? Right. Plus the, the, right, and the girl spent the night at our house all the time. She was at my house all mm. the time with us, and my kids were at mm. her house. Okay. So they were the, they were together all the time. So she, yeah, that triggered it. It, it. I don't know if the divorce triggered it first, and that it was simultaneously because it all happened around the same time. Because okay. I think the divorce caused everybody to go through something. Mhm. And 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 nine out of ten, that's normally happened, especially for young children. You know, or teenagers. You know, mom and dad been together all, all you know, all they growing up, all their life, and to see mm-hmm. that separated, they don't know how to deal with that. You know, it's like they're not adults. You know, as adult people, we can understand it, but when you're dealing with a child who doesn't really understand the dynamics, you know, it's it's, it's challenging. And it's like, how do you sit down and talk to them and say, hey, this is what happened, or this is what's happening for them to process it in a way in a child mind. You know what I mean? Let me let me share this with you. I'm going to tell you how serious that is. When my daughters were going through the divorce with me and their father, they shared this with me mm-hmm. afterwards. Like their friends were telling them because they were different ages. Like I say, I had 18-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 20. My son probably was 24, 20. So people were saying, you guys, oh, why y'all going through this? Okay, so they broke up. But then come to find out, the same people that told them that, they their parents separated, and these people almost had nervous breakdowns, and they were much older than my children. So you're right. It is devastating. You, you, my daughter, the one that's gone, not, not the baby girl, but the other one that got the Ph.D., I remember she would call me crying. She would be at somebody's house. She would say, Mommy, Mommy, 
I'm over so-and-so, so-and-so's house. Mommy, they, they're eating dinner together, and the father is having them tell about their day like daddy used to do us. And she was just crying, and I started crying because I remember. So they mm. they no longer have that anymore in their head. They, 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 they don't have that. They don't have the father at home but where, or either where they can come visit and he go be there. They don't have that connection because, see, my kid's father, when we when we when we divorced, he he kind of this is where the mental health issues come from because he 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 suffered from depression. He he left mm-hmm. the home. He became home. so they no longer had a connection with him. He he would he would disappear off and on and pop up. So they they struggle with that. Where's daddy? How you just leave us? Oh, well, just thinking about that brings back this. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh. Yes, I can imagine. I can. I definitely can imagine. You know, and mm-hmm. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's just crazy how it affects. You know, I don't. I didn't even realize at the time that they were affected. This is the cold part. Is um, the one who called me crying. I just thought it was an incident that she went through, mm-hmm. but then she came back later because she was in college. This is before she got her other, she was in junior college, and she was like, oh, mommy, no, maybe she was in getting her bachelor's, and she said, oh, I, I saw somebody today, because you know I got some issues, mommy, I, I'm struggling with mental health, and I, I said, mental health? I said, what do you mean, what mm-hmm. do you mean? She said, um, they diagnosed me as being depressed, uh, with depression, I said, and I thought about their father who suffered. And I said, oh, okay, I said, your daddy kind of suffered with that. She said, um, yeah. She said, we got, we got stuff going on us, with us, Mommy. That's why um, people need to know their history, meaning what the father had because, you know, the mm-hmm. DNA, the genetic, she was telling me, she was basically telling me she was in trouble. That's what she was telling me. But I still, I guess because their father, he would go through depression, and then his family, I, I saw where they stayed in attics for two years before I even started having kids. And this is crazy that I I went to visit, and, and they said, oh, an uncle did this, an uncle disappeared, an uncle stayed here for two years. And I just never thought that would happen to my children, but still, mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. I didn't understand the of it. I just did not comprehend that at the time. And even with my daughter, when they got in college and they started having these triggers after the divorce, because the one who started seeing, seeing somebody, all this was during the time of the divorce, they were just different ages. It just triggered that in them, boom, open that door for that, mm-hmm. mental, you know, for that depression to seek in, open that door for the bipolar to come in. You know, it's, it's sitting dormant in them somewhere. And then, you know, the triggers that they go through in life. Uh, and I don't know how you – I think I was just aware that something was going on. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know how to help them except for let me take you to behavioral help. That's all I would do. Let me take you to somebody that you can talk to. Mm-hmm. So. And, and, they, and they were open and willing to go at the time when you said, let's go? Uh, yeah, by that time, every, by that time, um, yes. 
Every everybody was seeing somebody. Um, but you know, I don't. I don't. Everybody was seeing somebody. I, I think when children or adolescents go see a behavior health counselor because they're telling stories. And they're mm-hmm. telling them one side of a story of a childhood that they had with their parents. Mm-hmm. I don't know why a counselor, because my daughter said, my counselor said, I shouldn't be staying here with you. I said, why? And she said, well, I can't tell you. I said, well, what? I said, evidently is based on something you're telling them. Mm-hmm. I said, you and I, you know, I don't know what they're just telling them because all my kids ever told me was you shouldn't have married daddy because, you know, he had some issues. Your mama had some issues. And then you chose to have kids. You bring us in this world. So I, I didn't know what they could have been telling a counselor that would have told them you ne- you need to not be around your parents. I, I think that if they think that, and I know there's um, confidentiality clauses, I think that they should at least tell the parents something, because you don't know. I don't. I, that just confused me, because I because I went and asked my kids, what are, what what could they possibly be saying that a, a a therapist would tell them not to be around me? And they say, I don't know, mommy. She don't say nothing about you except for you know why did you bring her into this world? Why did you marry daddy? You know something was wrong with your mama. Your sister. You know they would just talk about the family. But nobody ever said, what What did I do where somebody's telling you not to be around me? I, I never I never got that part. I wish hmm. a, a therapist hmm. would, would, would find, that's, would that's find a way to get that information. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You said it's very interesting. Yeah, I find it very interesting how... They and it seems like two things are taking place. They're attacking you because of the choices that you made by picking your fa- picking their father, and they having these issues. And then also they going to seek help, thinking that you think is going to help them, but they coming back putting the blame on somebody else instead of helping them to kind of go through uh, the, the, the 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 challenges that they're dealing with. So, did you follow me so far? Yes, yes. And, and so I, I have a question so for you. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. And, and for those those who's listening, would you recommend that the parents go and sit among them with the counselor because of this is taking place? Either because the child may not want you there. They may not. They may be only seeking. Now, if they're seeking therapy, and do not mind the parent being there, yes. I I think you should go. But if not, I think you should at least go and see that same therapist that they're seeing and and share that person's childhood. Somebody got to tell, I'm not, because, see, they can't say what the child said, but somebody got to bridge that gap because we don't know I, that just that that was just so messed up when my daughter went in and the therapist looking at me like I was, I, I, I like I beat her, like really she was looking at me like oh my god like like you know and I'm looking at her like I'm like what you tell this woman like she's looking like 
she don't need to be around you. It, it, she didn't say that, but she's looking at me like this. I'm like, okay, so I'm just saying somehow those gaps need to be bridged somewhere so you can really help that person. You know, because you can't just cook one side of a pancake and then sit down and start eating it. So your child is not um, helped by them coming in and telling their childhood. And then you don't listen to the parent side and, 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 and hopefully another sibling side and try to put something together instead of putting it together based on what challenge or mentally disturbed a person is telling you. I, I just mm-hmm. I just confused. You, you know, this person got some challenges, and you just accept everything they say. You know, and it, it may all be right, but at least listen to somebody else's side. You know what? I I totally agree with you, and thank you very much for sharing that because that's really critical. It's all it's it's, it's almost like listening to one side story, and there's always they always say it's three there's three sides to a story. Her side, his side, and then the 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 the, the 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 truth. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, for that person to make that sound decision, you would think that the therapist would reach out to the parent, regardless of the age, you know, and talk to the parent and say, okay, this is the issue, or this is what the diagnosis, or this is what I'm coming up with conclusion or something. So, you know, I think that is really important that you're sharing because, I mean, that I mean, because that weighs a big balance a big factor in what's going on. So thank you so much for sharing right. that. So, you yeah, so, so in the meantime, we're going to take a short break. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. Okay. And callers, please, mm-hmm. those who's listening, you can come. You, you can um, call in to 646-668-8485 if you want to, you know, ask a question or you want to leave a comment. By all means, um, give us a call. Right now, I'm going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Are you looking for a new way to get your book in the hands of new audience of targeted buyers? Then a virtual book tour is for you. Right now, virtual book tours is an excellent opportunity for you to introduce your book and who you are as an author. Launching your book is very important. A virtual book tour will connect you with readers. We at WNL, we specialize in book tours, book blasts, radio tours, cover reveals, and Facebook chats. Promoting and marketing your book is what we do. Online publicity, the exposure and the publicity is what you need. Let us help you reach new readers and a new audience. We take care of everything so you don't have to. We set up the tour for you. We connect you with bloggers to advertise your book by way of interviews, guest posts, and reviews. If you are an author of a newly published book, 
of an upcoming release or just want to give a previously published book, New Life, a virtual book tour is your answer. Check our tours out at www.wnlbooktours.com. Visit me on Facebook. I am the owner, Paulette Harper. Welcome. Thank you for holding. Um, This is Real Talk, Real People, Real Conversation with uh, Charmaine. Today we have Aisha Hassan, and we're talking about what does mental health look like. Um, she had the, she had to experience two of her daughters um, passing away due to mental health, and so today we're talking about mental health and you know just um, she's enlightening us of her experience and what we should look for dealing with our family and our loved ones and how to help them. So I'm gonna bring Aisha back on. Mm-hmm, I'm here. Aisha, thank you very much for thank you. I thank you very much for holding. Um, again, I thank you very much for sharing your story uh, with us and your journey um, about mental health. And before we left, we talked about how, you know, your your daughters were seeing um, a therapist and how it seemed like that they were coming back, not so much attacking you. They were only getting one side of the story and coming to you and saying that you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. So ask your question, why them coming back to you and based on what their therapist is telling them, do you think that it was increasing the mental illness or was it helping at all based on your view and your evaluation of your children? You know, I don't know because I, I asked the, the the older daughter, I said, when she, cause she told me the same thing the younger daughter did. I said, that's the same thing the last person said. And she said, well, Mommy, I love you, so I'm not even going to listen to her, and I'm going to come around you anyway. I'm like, and I, I kept pushing the issue like, well, it's only based on what you said. Then I had to stop myself. I said, you know mm-hmm. what? Okay, okay, okay. You going to still be here. You love me. You know, the whole thing is I'm only going to school. My kids didn't want to live. Like, my baby daughter never wanted to live. It was just something she always told me she was not going to live. I'm not going to get older. She told me that. I ain't going to live past my 20s. She always told me that the, the older daughter, she, um, when the baby daughter died, she immediately tried to um, commit suicide immediately. And mm. um, I remember she came to my house, and I, I begged her not to die. I said, please don't do nothing, please, please. And she said, Mommy, it's not that easy she said, something's going on in my head. I can't turn it off. And um, as much as we loved each other and they loved me, that's why I know mental health is real because when they get in front of other people, they got other stories to tell that that's not necessarily reality. It's stuff that's going on mm-hmm. inside of their head. You know, it, it's like they're just thoughts to us. They're just thoughts. To them, it's not just a thought. It's a deep, mm-hmm. heavy message telling them to do something. They can't turn it off like we can. Then it develops a life of it of its own. So, uh, it, it, you know, I just pray that doctors or medical um, research people really be able to um, get in there and do something with their brain because um, – a lot of people we see what's happening around the world with people blowing up stuff, killing people, 
police, yes. you know, people mental health issues. So we, we need help with this. We need help. We need help. Yes. Yes, you know, they're absolutely. taking their own absolutely. life, they're taking other people's lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now ask you a question. Were, were both of your daughters seeing the same therapist for them to come back and have oh. the same response? My daughter, my, do- my, my youngest daughter saw a therapist twice that I know of. Well, not twice, but two different therapists. She was 16 at one time, and she saw a therapist in, in California and then she moved to another city, like in Orange County, and she wanted to see another one because she wanted medication. She wanted the, 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 the thoughts. She was having a lot of suicide thoughts, so she wanted them to come out of her head. And, and, and so she was seeing somebody. And my other daughter was actually in a Ph.D. program in Berkeley, and she, mm-hmm. she was seeing a therapist three hours a day, it was called outpatient, three hours a day for three months straight. This is how bad she was struggling. Um, this is how yeah. bad she didn't want to be. And she was really, and they were really trying to help her. I mean, they were, real, the school was paying for this therapy. They paid for her PhD program because she was, you know, most of them people are real bright, real, real smart. Mm-hmm. They, it's that thin line they, they surf on. they smart. It's geniuses mm-hmm. sometimes that so much knowledge that you know they borderline um, some other stuff and um, no they were not seeing the same psychologist they were seeing different ones um, that didn't have the history of the other one um, and maybe they shared stuff they were mad that <laughs> they were really mad that they were here and they they expressed that when they were younger why would you have kids in this world. Why would you have me? I mean, I, I was told that constantly from them, too. Why would you bring me in this world? But I, I used to have those thoughts about my mother. Why, why would you have me? I remember saying it to my mother. Why would you bring me here knowing I'm going to die? And that was some of their thoughts. Why would you have me knowing I'm going to die? Why would you have me? Yeah, I, I remember thinking that when I was younger. Why would she even have kids knowing they go die? I, and, I, and so when they would share that to me, I didn't take that real deep because I said, oh, I, I have the same thoughts. I just thought mm-hmm. they were like me, but they can talk things. I, I, if, if I'm going through something, I can talk it out of me. I can go mm-hmm. on a path and do some things. I used to have strong willpower, so I thought if I didn't want to do something, I didn't do it. And I just thought my kids would innately have that. And that mm-hmm. was the same on me. I, same on me. Same on me to even think. What, what's in me is going to be what's, what's in them. It's all about that brain. That's why that mental health, that's why that alcoholism, that's why all that DNA stuff can transfer over. You know, some good stuff too, but mostly the art, the science, you know, not, you know, not, not that, that willpower you can resist. Your thinking is on a certain level. Uh, I don't know. It's deep. Okay. 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 Well, we have we got we we're about it's about that time to wrap it up. We got about eleven minutes left, and I just wanted to say thank you so much. I have learned so much, and I hope and pray that the listeners have learned a lot from which the conversation and the information that you have shared. And before, is there anything you would like to share with the listeners or parents? You know, of any type of message that you would like to give to them to 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 look out and I know you mentioned that there's no there's a look 
And it, it sounds like me is more or less as in you paying attention and just listening mm-hmm. to them or allowing them to speak. So can you can you do a closing remark and just share something with the parents and the loved ones or families? Yeah, I, I think there 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 are no signs until there's a trigger unless they have some other uh, autism. Uh, uh, what's that up when I'm schizophrenic? But I, when it comes to bipolar, manic depression, uh, something has to trigger that in them. Like they're just well, some 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 are diagnosed with bipolar when they're young. Uh, I'm just saying some it lays dormant in them, so you don't know. So you think you got these. But you know what? I'm gonna share this with you. If you have more than one child, two or three. They talk to each other. So you mm-hmm. can, if you can just pull one child away as they get older and just ask them things about the other child, because I heard that my children shared with the other child that they didn't want to live, they didn't want to be here, that they had mental issues, their thinking was off. They never came to me and told me this, but they tell me that two, two of them always shared that with them. You would think that would be something that would come to the parent. No, they they never came to me. So if you can talk to your children about that uh, one-on-one when you with them, when you hugging on them and loving you, I got a lot of memories with my children. So I don't, I don't, I'm not sitting in a misery. I have a lot of memories, good memories with them because we didn't have a lot of stuff going in, on in our house. They wasn't struggling with all those issues. But like I said, they had those issues, and they shared them with each other. So maybe they'll share them with a friend, a cousin, a sister, a brother, and maybe it it would be good to talk to other people about your children and their behavior when they're with those people. And all I can say is love on your babies, love them, love them, love them, love them, love them. Hold on to your memories because that's all you're going to have regardless, just like that's all they're going to have of us if anything happens. But do that with your children. And if you've got some that are suffering right now and you see the signs, I don't know, I, I, would, I would always seek help. And um, it, it's just, I would just seek help. And I don't know, I when, when my daughter left here, I'm going to share this. It was a young man that came here, and he saw all the sadness in my house, and he was struggling with mental health issues. He told my daughter, oh, wow, uh, wow, I would never kill myself because, wow, look how everybody's suffering. Oh, it's so sad that he went and killed himself two weeks later, hung himself on the outside on a porch. So you never know. You, 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 it's hard to, to try to pinpoint that and say what to do and not to do because, it, 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 they're all over the place. They're all over the place. That's that's what I like to say. But but thank you so much for sharing that. I know I gained a lot of information from the information that you have shared, and I hope the guests have did the same thing. And um, you're, you're you're always welcome to come back on pod or on my podcast. I just wanted to say thank you, Aisha, mm-hmm. so much. And your pray, you my prayers is always you with you and your me. family. Huh. Mm-hmm. I'll say thank you, you say, for inviting me. Oh, absolutely. I said, no, absolutely. For I, inviting me. You know, 
Yes, ma'am. Yes, you, you're, you're absolutely welcome. You know, right now, like you mentioned, so much is going on with mental health and so much healing going on and that and depressed. And, you know, COVID has really, the pandemic has really triggered a lot of the depression and anxiety. They said it has increased at least 32%. And I have talked to a lot of people and they're experiencing, you know, depression and anxiety. So it is real. And that's the reason why I wanted to have a topic on mental health. And so I am so grateful for you to have the opportunity to share your story to enlighten the people. So thank you again so much. And thank you. I want to thank the audience for listening and tuning into the podcast. And I just want to leave my closing remarks. And so me as a motivated speaker, a spiritual life coach, a chaplain at the prison and an author, my focus is to have real conversations that's irrelevant with life issues that we deal with day-to-day to uplift, motivate, to empower, to bring awareness, to stimulate our thinking towards living our true life where we can be able to stand in our truth. And so um, based on what Sister, what Sister Aisha Hassan has shared with us, it is so important that we embrace our loved ones and our family and pay attention to different things that you have noticed different because anytime someone is dealing with mental health, there is something that you're going to notice different, the way they walk, the way they talk, the way how they do something. So if you can identify something different and talk to them or ask to seek help, um, by all means, it is so important that we do that and not wait until we get prolonged where there's like no solution. Now they're on medication and then, you know, not saying that medication doesn't help, but the thing about it that if we can nip it in the bud sooner, maybe we can prevent. And I just want to say there was something that was so critical when um, Ms. Hassan was sharing about when they went to go see therapists, they came back and the therapist only had one side of the story. So I just wanted to say that if any way that you can contact the therapist, whether your children is going to see them, whether adults, see if you can share some of your history and story to help give her that balance that she needs. So with that being said, I just want to say thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you, Aisha, again. I am always here Thursday. This is Real Talk, Real People, Real Conversation. And I'll be here every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you'd like to be a guest, you can follow me on um, my website is www.charmainholland.com. Just click on the uh, contact and send me an email, and we'll talk, and I'll have you on my podcast. In the meantime, again, thank you for listening. Thank you, Aisha, for being my guest. You have a beautiful night, and I will talk to you all next Thursday. God bless.